The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. A review of MSC Cruises, MSC Maravilla today. Also, staff writer Richard Sims is here with Cruise News. By the way, I'm getting a lot of requests for people wanting to share their cruise experience. And I tell you, keep it coming. Doug at cruiseradio.net. You can also ask listener questions there as well. I had to kindly explain to someone the other day that this is a podcast, so by the time you're listening to it, it is not live. So with that said, if you want the breaking news uh, Monday through Friday, you can check out Cruise Radio News, just opposite of this channel, or it's daily if you want to see my ugly face five days a week, Monday through Friday on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel in video form. All right, staff writer Richard Sims is here to get us caught up on the week's cruise news. Hello, Richard. Hey, Doug. Are those crickets in the background? Those are. I am sitting on my enclosed porch in the middle of Woodstock, New York, and uh, it is nature at its finest. I love it. And speaking of New York, Virgin Voyages is back in the U.S. They are. And they are actually, as you are listening to this, in New York City. Now, they're going to be sailing out of Miami. They've got that beautiful new terminal down there that they'll be sailing out of, and that's where Scarlet Lady will be homeported. But they made a quick stop in New York City, and as part of that stop, they are hosting a couple of events. Now, if you happen to be listening to this on Thursday, Friday, or even Saturday, it is not too late. If you want to take part in these events, you can. They are not free. There's basically three events. Um, one is called Dine on the Water. And for $100, you can eat at one of the six restaurants on board. It includes your food. It includes your drinks. And uh, you then get tickets to one of the two shows. They have two different shows on board. And that's all included in the $100 per person price. So that you have to make a reservation for. It's on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. They're doing those events. But the really cool thing to me is if you really want to experience the Scarlet Lady, you can stay overnight on the ship. This is Saturday night only. It's $1,000, and that $1,000 is for two people. And that will get you one of their XL sea terraces. So it's basically a balcony. Now, it's important to know the ship is not going anywhere. It's sitting right there in the harbor in New York. But for that $1,000, you get, for two people, you get the room, you get a VIP dinner, uh, you get to see a show, you get to go to this after party they're having. There's also, for $1,200, if you want to spend a little bit more, you can get the same package except in one of their rock star rooms, which, you know, are one of the, the they're kind of designed to make you feel like you're living the large life. Saturday night, the people who are staying on board will also be able to attend. They're having this big music festival that's kind of like taking place all over the ship in three different venues. And there's DJs and, you know, it's it's really showing you sort of 
what the Scarlet Lady lifestyle is like. Because remember, you know, that's the big thing with Scarlet Lady and with Virgin Voyages as a whole is it's kind of, you know, it's kind of younger. It's kind of hipper. It's got like, you know, crazy stuff going on all the time. So this is kind of a cool opportunity if you're in the New York City area to uh, hop on board and check it out. For sure. A good little taste of Scarlet Lady and Sina Virgin is for you. I like it. So a third of all of Norwegian Cruise Line ships are back into service. Yeah, this is, you know, more good news about the return. It's interesting because when you hear a third of the ships are back, you don't really know what that means. You know, unless you happen to know all of the ships and how many they have and blah, blah, blah. But here's the breakdown. So as of September, here are the ships and where they're sailing out of. You can take the Epic out of Barcelona, the Getaway out of Rome. The Breakaway out of New York City, Gem out of Miami, the Jade out of Athens, and the Encore out of Seattle, which is, you know, they're, they're doing the runs from Seattle up to Alaska. So, you know, slowly but surely, they're making their return. The majority of their ships are sailing out of non-U.S. ports, but we're slowly starting to see them sailing out of U.S. ports, and this will expand more as we move closer to the end of the year. Yeah, and also over the weekend, Regent, which is a Norwegian cruise on Holdings brand, their Regent uh, 7C Splendor is actually sailing now. They started on September 11th. Very cool. And Carnival Cruise Line has tightened up its casino protocols. Yeah, we talk a lot about how this is casino protocols, but in reality, it's sort of kind of more about smoking. One of the things they're looking to do is prevent people congregating. That's a difficult word. Um, They don't want groups of people hanging around. So if you remember, if you've ever sailed on a carnival ship in the casino, they usually have a bar. And that bar is very popular both with people who are in the casino and want to grab a drink, but also with smokers. People stand around. It's one of the few places indoors on the ship that you can smoke. And so you get a lot of people standing around and smoking and drinking and that kind of thing. So one of the things they're doing is they're removing the casino bars from the ships. Um, We've already seen it on a couple of ships where they have taken out the casino bar and they've put in, you know, very flashy attention-getting slot machines. So that's good for their revenue, obviously. But they're also sort of making some of the rules a little bit tighter about when you can be in the casino. For example, you cannot hang out in the casino unless you are gambling. That is basically their rule now, you know, Um, which is interesting because on some of their ships, you kind of have to go through the casino to get to other things. So, you know, if you've ever wandered through a casino, even if you're not gambling, it's sort of natural to maybe be drawn to the craps table and watch it for a little bit or, you know, stand beside, behind somebody who's having a really good streak on a slot machine and watch them. Well, these new rules basically say you cannot do that, um, that they're really trying to make sure if you're in the casino, you are there gambling. And that goes for smokers as well. You can't, um, a lot of smokers, because it's an indoor space, they'll go and they'll just hang out in the casino. Maybe they'll sit at a machine, but not play, or they'll wander around, or in the old days, they would have stood at the bar so that they can smoke. Well, that will no longer be acceptable. If you want to smoke in the casino, you have to be doing it as a designated um, slot machine or gaming table, and you have to be playing. So, you know, they're, they're really kind of cracking down on the rules a little bit there. So stupid question, because I know you like the casino. I'm not really a gambler, but with the casino bar gone, you could still get drinks in there though, right? You certainly can. And you're right. You're not much of a gambler. I remember once watching you put $20 in a machine, you hit something, it got up to $30 and you walked away and I was flabbergasted. I was like, how are you not putting that back in there? Um, But yes, just like it has been before, 
they will have drink service in the casino. You know, people will bring you a drink. I'll be interested to see how this plays out because without the casino bar there, that means they're going. The um, servers are going to have to go to nearby, you know, bars. Like let's say, let's say the Heroes Tribute Bar is next to the casino. They'll have to go over there to get the drinks, and those bartenders are already dealing with their customers. So it'll be interesting to see if we start hearing from from you know gamblers that they are not getting quite the level of drink service that they were used to. Yeah, and Carnival Horizon was, that was one of the ships that actually, they took the casino bar out on July 4th when it returned to service and put like eight slot machines in its place. And just from being in the sports bar, the cocktail servers in the casino were having to go to the sports bar to get their drinks done because obviously the bar wasn't there any longer. Yeah. And Carnival has made pre-cruise testing a little more accessible. This is really, really, really good news for people who've been sort of freaking out about some of the rules regarding pre-cruise testing. So originally, when we first started hearing that people needed pre-cruise testing, it was like 72 hours. You had to have a test that was taken 72 hours before you boarded. But the CDC changed their recommendations. And again, it's important to note that what the CDC passes are now not regulations, they are recommendations. But all of the cruise lines are following them because it makes their life easier, basically. But the new recommendation is that you have 48 hours. That test has to be done within 48 hours of boarding. Well, that can be very difficult, especially if you're like trying to get maybe a test done at CBS or Walgreens before you go to the airport to fly your family down to, you know, wherever you're flying out of. So Carnival has now made it possible that you can order the test um, online. They have two specific tests, I believe, that they're using, and you can find the information on their website. You order the test. It comes to your home. You can order that test in advance. Just make sure that, you know, it's that, that it doesn't expire before your cruise. Then it's a pretty simple process. You know, they, they, they explain it very, very well. You basically do the swab test in your nose um, while someone from the testing company is watching you online. You know, you set up an appointment and they watch you to make sure you're doing it right. And then they send you a confirmation. Once you've gotten your negative test result, you take that and you give it at the cruise line and you're good to go. Royal Caribbean is also doing this. They've got a link on their website where you can order the test and have it done at home. Frankly, I think it's a lot easier than, you know, necessarily trying to find a place in your area that I know where I now live. It's very, very difficult to get a test especially within a specific time period. And if you're throwing in travel time to that as well, that can put a lot of stress. I saw somebody saying that they were glad they were glad to see Carnival doing this because took off a level of stress and they don't want any stress with their vacations. So this is this is a good option for people. Over the summer when I've been returning from trips, whether it be a cruise or LA or Vegas, I've been getting tests done. And just from like a standpoint of CVS or Walgreens, yeah, forget about going in there and getting one because it's like a 10 days out to even try to schedule one. And the results are like up to 72 hours now to get it back. So it definitely wouldn't help you needing that test two days prior to sailing. Well, not only that, but there's the possibility that let's say you make an appointment to get your test and they run out of tests, you know, then you could find yourself very, very, very much screwed. So by ordering in advance, you get to do it on your schedule. You don't have to worry about them running out. You know, it's just it really like you said, it's really great for the peace of mind. Yeah. No, 100%. Um, And Royal Caribbean has modified their October protocols, which seem to be ongoing from, um, well, I guess like every other week, right? 
Yeah, we're and this is going to continue, I'm afraid. Even when a cruise line makes an announcement like, okay, this is our protocols from now until the end of the year, there's sort of an asterisk at the end of that, that that if you read the small print says, yeah, we might change this at any moment. So here is what you need to know about Royal Caribbean as of when we record this. Now, if you're listening to this two days from now, it could be different. That's why it's really important. And I think we try and drill this into people's heads. Don't go by what you read last week. Don't go by what anybody tells you. Go and check on the website to make sure that the protocols you're following are the most up-to-date so that you know both what you're walking into and what's expected of you before you get there. We keep hearing horror stories about people who are like, um, I, I read something yesterday about a woman who was shocked when she got to the pier to find out that her uh, that the, the home test she did was not valid because she had done it 36 hours, in, or, or no, 72 hours instead of the 48. She wasn't aware of the change, and so she was not able to board. So so that's just the caveat here is make sure you're aware of the protocols. As of right now, here are some of the things you need to know about Royal Caribbean's protocols. So proof of vaccination is required for everybody 12 and over. Everybody 12 and over also needs a negative antigen or PCR test. And as we've been talking about, needs to be taken two days prior to embarkation. Royal has on their website the link to where you can get home testing to take this take care of this yourself so you don't have to worry. Unvaccinated kids between 2 and 11 need a negative PCR test taken no more than three days before sailing. At-home tests are not accepted in this case. You have to actually have um, – you have to actually go and have a, a, a test done. Those kids will also have to have a pre-cruise test done at the terminal and another done on board 24 hours before disembarking if the cruise was five days or longer. The good news is that both of those, the pre-cruise test at the terminal and the test done on board before disembarkation, those are both covered. Those are both, those are both free. Kids under two will not need to be tested at all. Mask rules are, for the most part, pretty much what you see on other ships. If if you are outdoors, you don't really have to wear it unless it happens to be an outdoor event that's very crowded. When you're in ports, it's going to be whether you have to wear a mask or not um, to go ashore is going to depend on what the local rules are with that regard. Where I find their protocols to be the most interesting is regards to dining. So they specifically say, and again, this is Royal Caribbean. They specifically say that in the main dining room, they'll have designated areas for parents who have unvaccinated kids, and they'll have other areas in the main dining room that are only for vaccinated guests. My time dining, you will not be able to use my time dining if anyone in your party isn't fully vaccinated. So if like five of you are vaccinated and one of you isn't, you won't be able to do my time dining, period. That's just how it is. They also mentioned that some specialty restaurants will be open to everyone and others will only be for vaccinated guests. They don't get into specifics about which restaurants or which specialty restaurants that would apply to. And, you know, that probably will change. Like, you know, it could be that one night it's this restaurant, one night it's that. We've also heard people saying that they, like on some other lines, there are certain venues that on certain nights are only for vaccinated guests. Like they might put something up saying, okay, tonight the schooner bar is only for vaccinated guests. So that's basically the most recent, most up-to-date protocols. But again, please make sure if you're planning on going uh, on any cruise line right now, make sure you check and double check and are really aware of what the protocols are, both before you get on board and while you're sailing. 
Very good. Listener question comes from Mark. Testing is not easily accessible in my town without driving at least for two hours. Should I fly into the port a few days early and have it done locally, like at a CVS, get a home test, or schedule a rapid test when landing at the Orlando airport? I say home test. I mean, they are really putting a lot of emphasis on this. I don't necessarily think it's a good idea to leave your testing, you know, sort of in the hands of fate. Because what if you what if you fly into Orlando and for some reason they aren't doing testing that day? What if, you know, you get go in a day early and for some reason you can't find a place that has testing available? It's not something that you want to sort of risk your whole vacation on. It's so much easier now. They've made it accessible to order the tests, do it at home. I just see no reason to, you know, take the chance of not getting on that ship. If I can control it, I want to control it. Now, we have heard, you know, that some of the cruise lines are looking at setting up testing in the terminals, but even then, they don't want you to rely on that. They want you to use that as sort of a last resort. If they are able to set it up so that you can go and, you know, arrive at the terminal and have the rapid test done right before you get on board the ship, if that proves to be possible, and that's a big if right now because there's a lot of expenses and things that are tied up with it and also just sort of you know the logistics of setting up something like that for so many people in so many ports are difficult but they don't want you to rely on that so as far as i'm concerned and i think you would agree with me here doug i say home testing is the way to go yeah especially if you're flying to florida seems to be really slow down here yeah couldn't agree more all right staff writer richard sims richard thanks for your time my friend thanks for having me doug have a question or a comment for the show? Yeah! Send an email or voice memo to Doug at CruiseRadio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. The world is constantly changing. Your place for news is still the same. Online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. Carter and his wife, Christy, just returned from a three-night cruise aboard MSC Maravilla. It was a one of MSC Cruises' first cruises out of South Florida, out of Miami. It went over to Ocean Key, which is one of uh, MSC's private islands in the Caribbean, also a day at sea. They join us on the line. Hey, guys. Hello. So I can't wait to talk about this because uh, we haven't had an MSC review post-startup yet here in the U.S., so I'm curious to see how things are going. So as we always do, we'll take a couple of uh, steps back here and give us some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to book this three-nighter on MSC? In 22 months, we've been without a cruise, and so we're really, you know, wanted to do something. Well, she had booked a special cruise for my birthday, my 50th. Uh, back in, in Memorial Day uh, for September on the Davina. And then I surprised her with this one kind of at a last minute uh, setup. So 
really wasn't a pre-thought other than the fact that um, I was going to have a birthday present. All right, let's talk about embarkation. So you make your way down to Port Miami. It's been 22 months, like you said, since you've been on a cruise. So what was embarkation like this time around once you arrived at the pier? Um, as soon as we got to the pier, they well, they gave us a specific time where we had to be there. Our time is between 12 and 1230. We walked into the terminal. To be exact, I took notes. Uh, we walked in at 1212. We went through the line showing our passports, and then they pointed us to the line to get our PCR test, our rapid test. That took about 10 minutes to get through all that. We took our test about 12.23, and then we had to wait about 20 minutes. Then they cleared us to get on the ship, and we were literally walking on the ship at 12.55. So between everything, it was really quick. So it was actually quicker than pre-COVID, actually. And they were very specific about the times because mm-hmm. there were people sitting outside the terminal because their time hadn't been there to go in. I guess they really wanted to structure it to keep the testing go, which, of course, is now, as we found out on this cruise, is, is now no more. You have to come with your tests for the cruises in the future. Yeah. But this is the one time that they actually were doing it, and they grouped us together in groups of like four or five different people in different groups. And they would just call the group letter when it was time to go. And it was like, you're on an excursion. Lady Hale, the sign says group D follow me. And you went on the ship. <laughs> yeah, so a couple of questions. And so once your test was negative, did you like get a text message? Was it an email or did someone say, Hey, you're clear. You're, nope, you're clear. Yeah. Come okay. on, follow me. And we'll, you know, have you check in. They gave us a bracelet to indicate that we are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a cruise where you didn't have to be vaccinated. Um, but pretty much every adult that I saw it had this bracelet on. So it seemed like everyone over the age of 12 well, yeah. was vaccinated. Did the bracelet serve a dual purpose? Like, uh, was it a contact tracer as well? One of them was, we got like a paper bracelet, you know, how mm-hmm. if you, you know, get a VIP, at, sure. you know, a club or something like that, you get that type of bracelet just says MSC. That was to indicate that you were vaccinated. And then we got one of those kind of tracker bracelets. It looked like um, a Fitbit. So it was waterproof. So we could use that to get in our room. Um, And then for contact tracing, in case we came in contact with anybody that did come up positive for COVID, they could let us know. MSC does seem to have the whole contact tracing down to a science because remember, they were the the first ship to return to cruise last year in Europe when uh, MSC returned out of, I believe it was Genoa last August. So you make your way on board the ship. What were your first impressions? We first walked in and then we walked into the the, the big hallway with the, with the roof show, um, with all the shops. I mean, it was just beautiful. Of course, you know, there were crew members waiting there to ask us for the drink package. Mm-hmm. So of course, we, you know, discussed it with the crew member and we bought our drink package. Um, but once that was said and done, we were free to go walk around and the ship was just absolutely beautiful. So, and the um, room was ready. Yes, and the room was ready right away. So we got to go change and go enjoy the pool. I'm curious what drink package you got because it might just be me, but their drink package seems to be a little confusing. Like what package did you go with? Yeah, there was the, it's called the easy package where basically you would just get, if you wanted beer, your only option would be Miller Lite or Heineken. Um, And then you get a couple um, spirits. I think one might've been a vodka or a specific rum, but that was it. And then the next tier was a premium package where you could get, you know, a variety of spirits and beer. And then the premium plus was, you know, the ultimate, basically you can drink whatever you want, high end champagne, 
um, et cetera. So we went with the premium, the mid tier. It was up to $12 um, for the premium when we got, and then the max one they got, which I did some reading when I figured it, it also included the mini bar if you got the premium one. So you could just raid your mini bar in your room. And that was part of the package too. Whereas the regular premium was not obviously if you took a can of Coke or beer out of your fridge, then they would charge you for that separately. Yeah. Uh, as well as room service was also included. And, and that the was premium, the premium, premium plus. Yeah. The premium plus the room service was included in the premium plus. You mentioned you went to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have? And was there anything different from maybe last cruise, like uh, let's say limited turndown service, or maybe the remote was in a plastic sleeve, things like that. No, I, the first thing that we noticed when we walked in, it smelled really clean. So, I mean, it just, you know, it, it was spotless. We had the same type of turnover service that we would with, you know, pre-COVID. Uh, the one thing that we did not have in our room, which we noticed, was an ice bucket. So, I'm not sure if we had to ask our crew member for ice. We yeah. didn't need it, so we didn't ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that... Um, there was a little envelope with some disposable mask inside. And then our remote was in a sealed um, envelope type thing, not- notifying us that it had been sterilized. But basically everything else was the same. Yeah. What did you think about the cabin layout for MSC and the size of the balcony? The balcony uh, was just about the normal size. You would, you would think two chairs and a, and a, and a table. Um, it wasn't really very deep, but it was deep enough where you can, you know, it was, it was, it was nice. Mm-hmm. The, the bathroom is, they do a great job of, of space saving in the, in the bathroom, of course. And it's, you know, no shower curtain. It is a glass, you know, t- uh, uh, shower stall, which is, is nice. The sink is kind of in a corner. But I think that that really unique aspect of the space of the bathroom being kind of smaller than normal made the room feel much bigger. And it, it, it did. Couch and, a, and a, you know, a king bed, I guess. And, and, and just, uh, yeah, it was nice. The one thing about the bathroom was it did not have a lot of storage space, but I mean, it was good enough for two people. Sure. Let's switch to dining. How was the buffet and MSC's restart environment? The buffet is, it was fantastic as far as the food was concerned. As far as the operation was concerned, they had it pretty much down pat too. That was a place where you had to also every day you had to go do a temperature check. So when you went up for your breakfast in the morning, they would scan your card and take your temperature. Um, and then, of course, everybody you know, washed hands and do what they want. But you were no longer, obviously, serving yourself. You would point what you wanted. They would give it to you and, and put it into a plate. And you, so they gave you a big tray to put all the plates into. And uh, the selection was probably not as much as it would have been had it been a r- real cruise because a lot of the sections were closed. Um, and, and, again, I think I don't know what the capacity was going to be, but I know that our ship had only 850 people on it compared wow. to the, the the week before, which was about 1,200, and then the initial cruise out, which was about 2,400. So they kind of been going down a little bit in the, in the people. But but the stations, there was a little bit less than would have been. Um, maybe the selections weren't there. We, we noticed, like, there wasn't any bananas. And, you know, they've had a lot of some, some cruise ships. I even heard Carnival's having a problem getting bacon. Mm-hmm. So supplies may be just a, a thing to happen um, on, on these ships. And if you wanted your drinks, there was someone there to grab the cup and get your drinks for you and hand it to you. It, it was really efficient. And, yeah. you know, they really had it down pat. There was no issues whatsoever. There was, you know, no long lines. It, that's the most yeah. I can say about it. It was just really efficient. And they did a great job. How was the onboard pizza? Oh, that's our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have pizza every night. Right, yeah. <laughs> There was one thing we did notice that was missing compared to the Davina, which we were on about five years ago, and mm-hmm. we intend to be on here shortly, was that they had their own 
pizza specialty restaurant bar type of a thing where mm-hmm. you can actually go and get a la carte pizza versus the ones at the buffet, which they usually had two maybe or three cheese, pepperoni, and something else, which which is still fantastic. But uh, we really miss that pizza own bar that you can go to and grab a pizza and, and especially. And I'm sure we probably could have ordered one, sure, especially, but we just you know we didn't think about it at the time. How about the main dining room? Any nights in there? Yes, we went there the last night, and it was Italian night. I had the lasagna, which was fantastic, um, and calamari for yeah. the appetizer. Um, it was great. Oh, I mean, we could no complaints yeah. whatsoever. Everybody that we were with, they, they loved the food. We thought it was really good. They did a good job of of making sure you got in and out, and um, you know, seating you. We met some people on on the thing, and they kind of walked by and. And, um, you know, we say, said hi to us, and the, the steward that was taking them to their table says, would you like to sit with them? And they sat us down next to us. And they weren't doing a good job of spacing the tables out if you if you needed, you know, your space between tables mm-hmm. uh, to get you the six-feet separations every other table. But if you had a couple of people that you knew, and, of course, if you were vaccinated, which some services were vaccinated only, um, and, um, and some were, you know, combo. So you said on the last night you went to the main dining room. So did you do any specialty restaurants? Yes, we did the sushi restaurant the first night. It was a little bit, I want to say confusing. Uh, they had about three sushi rolls on the menu. Mm-hmm. So for a sushi restaurant, it was kind of odd. They had like noodles and some other kind of like spring roll type thing. So out of the options that we had, they were basically all salmon. So we had to ask our uh, our waiter if, you know, do you have a spicy tuna or, you know, something you know, just a basic tuna roll. So they were very accommodating and all the rolls that they had on the menu, they changed them over to tuna and what we had was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just a little bit confusing the menu when you go to a sushi restaurant, you expect to see, you know, at least about eight or 10 sushi rolls. It just didn't have that. Um, but what they had and what we got, um, it was fantastic. Yeah. And they may just be because of COVID and, and the restart and they're not at full capacity. So they want to limit the rolls in the menu. But, um, yeah, it was fantastic. They also have really good teppanyaki on there. How was the entertainment on your cruise? It was good. I, I didn't um, – I wasn't expecting a lot of, um, you know, a guy sit with a guitar or uh, somebody singing, you know, that you would normally have at some of the bars and, you know, just a lounge singer. But they were there. Um, and because and, I know some cruise lines, they kind of cut that, 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 that kind of entertainment out because I don't know if they want people to congregate or whatever they may be. But, but again, there were, you know, there were certain places and certain bars that were only vaccinated, like the casino was only for vaccinated people. The casino bar was that way. Um, certain pools were that way. But uh, as far as the we didn't make any of the shows and uh, they used to have a circus Soleil show in there. And I guess they're still working on a contract deal. There's no reason, to, I guess, to have that mm-hmm. the big uh, ticketed item, you know, when they're not sailing that many people. But the, the singers uh, apparently were really good. Some people we talked to, they loved the show and for their own production show. But other than that, yeah, entertainment was anywhere you want to sit down and sit by if somebody was singing or, or playing trivia or doing whatever. They were there. It was good. How were your sea days? Oh, yeah. We laugh about this because we left our cabin and we didn't see anybody in our hallways the Mm -hmm. whole time. So, I mean, there was just we felt like we had the ship to ourselves in a way. And then we went to the pool on our sea day in the back of the ship. And it was for vaccinated guests only. But like I said, pretty much every adult that I saw Mm -hmm. had the bracelet on. So I think, you know, probably most of the people were vaccinated. But I think there was probably about six people total yeah. at the pool and they were only allowing six people in the pool at the time. Wow. So 
Yeah, it was. It felt like we were on our own private ship. The aft pool is decently sized, so it was a one-in, one-out type thing? Yeah, I think so. Well, if you had a max of six people in the actual pool, then that was the max. And so somebody had to get out of the pool for somebody to actually get in the pool. But that waiting area around the side, you could sit there. And sit and have your drink or whatever on the on the outside of it, but they they just didn't want people, six people in the actual physical pool. Okay. Um, but that whole stadium, you know, it was just there was no I mean, every, any lounge chairs you would ever want, you could get. Right. Yeah. And um, it was just yeah, like our own private yacht, as we would say. And we did meet some people out there that went on a Christmas cruise on the same ship, and she was saying that uh, you don't even think about trying to come to this pool, you know, when it's full because, you know, she was loving it because she didn't have a chance to get a share. She, she couldn't get in Yeah, the pool yeah. over Christmas. Or was it 2019? Yeah. She said it was so packed that you couldn't even get in the pool area. Wow. So the one port of call you did go to on this sailing was MSC's private island, uh, just around the Bimini area of the Bahamas, the Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve. I was on one of the first sailings to that island back in early 2020, and I, it was beautiful, but it was very bare. Have those palm trees uh, sprouted or whatever palm trees do yet? A little bit. Uh, you can tell the trees are still young. There wasn't a whole lot of shade, except that if you wanted to walk around the buildings or there was a seating area behind the main bar that you come up to that had some shade. But there was still some construction going on. And from what I heard that they're going to build some type of a small water park. Mm. I don't know how true that is. But yeah, there's still some construction. It still looks new. But I mean, it was it was great. The water was pristine, nice, you know, white beaches. I mean, they did a really good job. We were really impressed with it. Where did y'all hang out during the day? Because the island is so damn big. We were in the back section of the South Beach area, as they called mm-hmm. it. And uh, in the, the whole North Beach area, I guess the, the, that was completely empty. Um, okay. The chairs were all up and, you know, no one on that side of, of, the, of that. And there were certain areas that weren't open either, too, because I guess just a people not enough people to, to, to man it or you sure. know, 800 people where you're going to put them. Yeah. Uh, and so... You know, we rented an umbrella, which I highly recommend doing. It's, it's, it's like 12 bucks, and they basically give you a, a, a ticket to go get one either at the uh, by the buffet or at the other beach, which is where the DJ plays and, and, and the lighthouse. And they, if you go to the South Beach or North Beach, whatever, and you get it, they tell you you can leave the umbrella there and just take your receipt to the other beach if you're going to the one by the uh, lighthouse and just go there and they'll give you another one. And then you just go, so you don't have to carry it around. But it's very lightweight to carry as far as an umbrella is concerned. They mm-hmm. already have everything pre-done in the ground. And, I mean, yeah, any two pinky fingers, and you pick the whole thing up in the bag. It's like a satchel bag you carry on your back. Sure. And um, we, we, we watched one of your videos, and we, we went to the little shack of, uh, I guess, carts, you know, that were around there for the food instead of the buffet. Mm-hmm. And that was fantastic because you, know, you just go in and out, grab yourself a burger or, or tacos or whatever you wanted. And uh, the bars were really nice all around there. So, yeah, and your, and your, and your, your drink package works on the island. So nice. it's, it's great. Did you do any activities on the island, like climb the lighthouse or do any snorkeling? No, we didn't do any of that stuff. We just kind of wanted to relax and just, you know, be lounge lizards, I guess you want to call it. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but we did, we, we did run into a couple that rented the paddle boats, which mm-hmm. sounded really neat. They did the stand-up paddle boats at night, since nice. this was there all night. Just basically, we had to be on by midnight, and we left the next day. But uh, they had to come in because of the lightning storm was coming, but they said they just got on it, 
And I guess the stand-up paddle boards are all LED lit, so it lights up the water underneath you as you're paddle boarding around. So you can see the fish. And it was like $39. It didn't seem like it was that expensive to do for a nighttime paddle boat. And we may check that out next time we're there. That looked like a, a neat thing to do. Yeah, for sure. Now, I know your cruise did an overnight stay there. How was the nightlife? Um, like uh, any light shows or bonfires or anything? Yeah, they had uh, two little bonfires at the beach and then the DJ played. So that was really fun. And of course, you know, they had the light show at the lighthouse. And the neat thing was, is they coordinated the light show with the um, show on board and the on the roof that lights up was perfect. It was really cool how they did that. So you could, if you didn't get off the ship, you could experience what everyone else was seeing down on the island. In that uh, Galleria area on the ceiling. So the same LED that's projected on the lighthouse looks like. Looks like it's projected on the ceiling, so oh, cool. you can sit there. And, and of course, they coordinated the music mm-hmm. in the ship as well as on the island. So if you were on the ship to look out at, and watch the show from the ship, you still could hear the music because they're pumping through the you know, the entire ship too. Because the ship stayed overnight, if you wanted to sleep in a beach chair, could you? No, you had to be on board by midnight. Okay. And we think that somebody didn't make it on board right or they didn't uh, check in because at five in the morning, they came over the PA and everybody's room looking for one person. Oh, geez. Someone was <laughs> drunk in a, lawn, in a lounge chair probably on the island. I don't know. They just scanned yeah. in accidentally or I don't know. But that was kind of I was like, what? Who was calling at five in the morning? <laughs> so then since you did an overnight there, so you left probably early the next morning. So you really couldn't get off and spend a second day there if you wanted to. No, the ship left uh, Ocean K about 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Interesting. So you make your way back. So basically you leave at 8 a.m. And it's essentially a sea day until you get back to Miami, right? Yes. Okay. So you make your way back to Port Miami. How was Debark? Was it any different than Debark on a previous cruise 22 months ago? Uh, not really. Uh, we did the express. So, you know, we just kept our bags overnight and we just walked off. Uh, the only difference was, is they ask you to settle up your your bill. So what was neat about MSC, which I've never seen before, Mm -hmm. is during your cruise, you swipe your credit card. uh, And that's basically how you're going to pay for everything just so they have it on file. And then you choose a kind of a monetary amount what you want to put on your card. And then if you don't spend that amount, you get it back. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing is they had a little table set up and they asked us if we had our tab settled we thought yes you know, we knew we had a credit so they just we just assumed that they were gonna charge it back to our card well they don't so we had to go back and they give you cash back so we, that was a little different but which was fine it wasn't a big deal but then other than that there was a little basket where we dropped off our fitbit type contact bracelet mm-hmm. and then uh we walked off so it was it was super quick and back to that, that charging thing, because, you know, you're so used to when you do your pre-check and your pre-boarding and all that stuff, you always put a card on file, usually when you're logging in and doing all your, your questionnaires and stuff. They didn't have that on this one, you know, which is odd. I think I had them Davina, but but either way, they had these kiosks that were around that looked like little ATMs where you could actually put cash in if you wanted to, or you could, you know, just, just like, like a little like credit card statement. And basically what you did is you scanned your C card and then you scanned your credit card and then it married the two together. And it looked like you probably could keep changing cards, I guess, if you mm-hmm. wanted to you know, put it on one. And, you know, you know, you're getting close to the limit, but to say on one, you can go get another one. And swipe it. maybe that's bad for casino. I don't know. But still, you know, you would have a that was an easy way to do it, I thought, um, for them. Yeah, but 
the, the fact that you put it back on the card, it, it was kind of odd. I guess maybe because, you know, you could use multiple different cards uh, to charge your account. They wouldn't know which one to give it to. Yeah, uh, I know on uh, on our embarkation day, so early 2020 on the ship, we had the same thing where we had to go and swipe our credit card at the machine. And there's a lot of confusion among the passengers, like, what are we doing here? And why can't we use our charge card? But then at the end of the cruise, we had to do the same thing. And I'm sure there's a reason for it, but it's like, just, I wish you could just auto settle like every other cruise line. Yeah. 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 And, and we didn't, you know, since we didn't fill it out, you know, the first day we just didn't think of it, or at least I thought maybe the, you know, the card I used to pay for it, they're going to use. Mm-hmm. And the, by the second day, we had gotten a note on our door to go and down and do the card thing. So that the, you know, they allowed us to charge things and, you know, the drink package and get drinks and, and, and go shopping. It, it didn't stop us from doing that, but they wanted us to uh, you know, remind us, Hey, you don't have a card on file. Please. It makes it much easier or give us cash. One of the two. Yeah. And uh, that, that, I guess it's odd. Maybe that's a European thing, but, mm-hmm. uh, but it seemed to work out fine. Yeah. I wonder why you're sailing. Um, there was like 400 less people. I wonder if it was with like the whole Delta thing ramping up in certain areas of the country, if people were just canceling or if they just couldn't sell the cruise. It was, seems interesting for having a, going from 1200 to sailing before you to, yeah. you know, 850 or whatever you were at. Yeah, just about. And, and on the, there's been any exact numbers, but uh, sure. we were talking to some people that actually, you know, they've been on the line a lot and they mm-hmm. talked to a lot of people. And so uh, don't take it with a grain of salt, but 850 people on a 4,000 feet yeah. ship, it felt like it. Let me tell you, it felt <laughs> like there was 800 people on the ship. Yeah, that's, so, that's beautiful. Uh, uh, I'm not going to complain. On yeah. That, so. yeah, no doubt. Um, any first time tips to offer someone sailing MSC in the near future? Well, in the near future, you're going to need to get your PCR test done three days before you go now, because uh, they're not going to test it uh, at the uh, cruise terminal. This was the, the cruise we were getting off. That was the last one, I think. I think September 3rd, they're starting that, where you have to uh, provide your test three days beforehand. And you also now have to be fully vaccinated because the Bahamas changed their rules, mm-hmm. where even the private islands are concerned. Everybody on the ship, crew and people, have to be 100% vaccinated, period, end of conversation, I think 12 years and up. Yeah. And so uh, that put a lot of wrinkle probably to a lot of people mm-hmm. where they have to either cancel or rebook because they're not vaccinated and they probably wouldn't get their second shot done within the time frame they got to go. Sure. So, you know, I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, we got the notice you know, on our upcoming cruise that we're going to have to be vaccinated before we go um, or, you know, show the test done before we go. Yeah. Gotcha. I would say also, you know, there's a lot of reviews out there complaining about the food and, whatnot. I mean, we loved it. And we talked to a couple of people that were nervous about that. They were like, you know, we saw the reviews and we weren't sure, but they ended up loving it. Mm -hmm. So take those reviews with a grain of salt because everything was great on our ship. We had great service. They did a really good job of cleaning after you left a table at the at one of the bars or the lounges. As soon as you got up there, right behind you, wiping it down and sanitizing everything. So, you know, for anyone that's kind of you know, leery about going because, you know, COVID, I wouldn't, they did a great job. Yeah. I really commend the crew for how they, you know, handled everything. They have it really down pat. What was the biggest highlight of your cruise? The embarkation safety drill. I forgot to tell you about that. That was probably the best part as far as I was concerned, because the embarkation safety drill now is on a TV set in your room mm-hmm. that at a certain time, I think it was five o'clock. They tell everybody to go to your room and watch the safety drill. And then when you're done, you call on the phone. Well, the safety drill, although it has the normal stuff about, you know, seven horns and two short glass and whatever, all those things that you normally hear when you're at your safety drill standing there with your drink in your hand because the bars are all closed and you're hot and sweaty. You're not really paying attention. Well, when you're watching this video, you actually are paying attention. 
And then they went through some other things like fire safety. Mm-hmm. What happens when the fire goes off? How many horn blasts are that? Man overboard. How many blasts are those? What do you do if there is a fire door closed? If they, they'll, they'll tell you they push open. Don't worry about it. Keep going. Stay down. Look. So we found out a lot more safety information just sitting in our room watching the video than we've ever learned in any show, I think. Okay. How about you, Christy? Yeah, the same thing. It was it was super easy. So after uh, we watched the video, they told us to call a, a number. We called. They said, your cabin numbers registered. Please proceed to your station. So we literally walked to our station. They scanned our card and said, that's it. You walk go, away. Go about your day. And that was it. So it was really efficient. Yeah, it was really good. In closing, your final thoughts of MSC Maravilla. Oh, it was a beautiful ship. Great crew. I mean, we can't wait to go on her again. I mean, we had a great time. So Yeah, besides that, uh, everybody's happy to be there. I go on a cruise. It's been 22 months. We finally got it off the, out of our system. But uh, but yeah, it's beautiful. If you have a chance to do it, do it. I mean, I think they're offering great deals. Take it and um, just just go. Just go. You'll, you'll not regret it. All right. We've been talking with Carter and Christy about their three-night cruise on MSC Maravilla from Port Miami. Carter, Christy, always good talking to you. Don't be a stranger. And welcome back to cruising. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.